Do you know, Dennis Pragar is a very nice guy. I've been on his radio program a number of times. It was called Religion on the Line back in the early 1990s. Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager. And a lot of Christians listen to what he says. He's not a Christian. He's Jewish. Mm. He doesn't quote Jesus when he talks about blasphemy. He doesn't quote Jesus when he talks about adultery. He speaks of adultery. And, and Christians take notice because he's so eloquent and such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, he says adultery is wrong because it's detrimental to society. That's not why it's wrong. It's wrong mm. because it's wrong in God's eyes. It's to mm-hmm. sin against God. David yeah. didn't say... Oh, have mercy upon me, O oh God, because I've done something that's detrimental to society. He says, I've yeah. sinned against you. And Nathan, when he said it, you've sinned, you've sinned against God. So, And it's the same with blasphemy. He says the greatest sin is to live in hypocrisy, and it won't be forgiven. And that's what the third commandment addresses. Mm. You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That doesn't mean to use God's name as a cuss word, and he does it. And he wow. makes light of it, yeah. and he tells Christians it's not blasphemy to say, hit your thumb with a hammer and say the name of Jesus or God or whatever. Yeah. And Christians take notice of what he says. And he says that sin... Living in hypocrisy will not be forgiven. It says it in the third commandment. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Jesus forgave blasphemers. Hmm. Paul was a blasphemer. He was forgiven. And we're forgiven in Christ, but Dennis Prager doesn't mention that. But he's had a lot of people quoting, Christians quoting Dennis Prager and saying, Ray, you've got it wrong. Using God's name in vain is not using it as a cuss word. It's living a life of hypocrisy and discrediting God's name. And they've got that, it seems, from Dennis Prager. This is Living Waters Breaking News. A strange sight was widely reported by multiple citizens of the European Union. Eyewitnesses claimed that a little mustached Kiwi man with chocolate smudges all over his face was found stuffed in the overhead luggage compartment of a railway train. However, upon further investigation, <laughs> authorities discovered that the exhausted little fellow who allegedly kept yelling, Yep, right, yep, 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 right, when apprehended had actually stuffed himself in the overhead luggage compartment and was enjoying a much-needed snoozeroo. After being admitted as a permanent resident of the renowned Cuckoo Kiwi Club psychiatric ward, <laughs> the down-under bloke allegedly exclaimed, I miss sleeping in the hole in my bed, and this was the next best thing I could find. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Absolutely crazy. See, this would be uh, ridiculous if it wasn't true, but Ray... <laughs> Tell the people what you did. Tell the people. Tell the people. I got into the overhead, whatever you call it, for luggage and slept because it was it was perfect. It was made for comfort. You couldn't do that on the seating in the train. We'd be on what? We go on ten trains. I would say ninety percent of people physically can't do that on the planet. Well, I could, so I did. (laughs) The train, Oscar. You weren't with us in the train. The luggage. He slept up top. Yeah. Well, you, you have to be under five feet and weigh less than 75 pounds, so it was no problem. And, you need a, and Ray needed a ladder. Oh. <laughs> no, well, we have a picture of it for proof, too. Right, here. Mark? Someone Look at it. It's right here. Scotty, Carol law. probably has that picture somewhere. Yeah, uh, you need to get that, that to us. Yeah. Um, and he did it. He slept uh, on a train. Look, the Japanese do that sort of thing all the time. In planes and trains, and they just oh, stuff they, them in. They have these... Uh, don't the Japanese have these, like, little micro... Like they're like yeah. little yeah, compartments. It's because yeah. they're little people. They're, they, and, and they can they sleep, do that. They, they just sleep in there. They, they've got, they're wise. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I led the way for the Japanese. Wise or wide? Wise. <laughs> I led the way for the Japanese. They yeah. saw they saw our program. It was you that did it. Yes. Now, Ray, why did you have sm- uh, chocolate smudges on your face? Because in this we article? had chocolate everywhere we went. Because every <laughs> <laughs> we had all these people that love our ministry meet us in Europe. And they, I don't know why they brought us chocolate, but they did. Maybe we asked for it. That Seriously. Like a bad thing. Hmm. Mark, we were kind of on like uh, chocolate overdose at mm-hmm. some time. And loving it. Which I absolutely love to uh, raise point because America is terrible at making chocolate. Oh, absolutely. Okay. We, something I, called Hershey is chocolate. That's you know, chocolate. I have to beg to differ. It's funny you say that though, Mark, because yesterday I was eating a Kit Kat and I thought, we make good chocolate. What? Here, <laughs> oh, no. It tastes like Weird. plastic. No. You know, like chocolate. Japan has like 150 different flavors of Kit Kat. Stop! I can't it's believe that insane. cat really? lovers haven't complained about that. The what? Cat lovers. <laughs> I'm eating a Kit Kat. I got to go to a chocolate factory in Switzerland. Was it made of Willy chocolate? Wonka. So good. Mark, yeah. Do they Mr. have Wonka? Do they have potato flavored Kit Kats? 
I don't. Yeah. Oh, I think they do actually. I think <laughs> not. I, I think they have like taro. <laughs> you know what my favorite chocolate candy thing is? Is mm. deep fried Oreo. Have you ever had deep fried okay, Oreo? Okay, people keep talking about this I junk. I don't think I have. It's I, a game changer. Whatever, man. I'm Anything deep fried is a game changer. Okay, but why? Why is this? People, especially from the south, rave about fried stuff. Yeah, well, because it's, it's nice. Fried. Give me a break. It's Break me off a piece of that. Kick that bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Oscar. So Switzerland Unplanned, and Germany friends. have the best Unplanned. chocolates. Yeah. Switzerland for sure. Switzerland okay, hang Germany. on. Belgium was uh, close. Yeah. Third. Oh, yeah. Belgium oh, that's good. a waffle. Yeah. Okay, I got to say, though. In fact, I was telling you this in the airport yesterday, Mark. By the way, friends, I'm jet lagged. Um, Obviously. Seize <laughs> candy is magical. No way. Wow, I'm sorry. I couldn't believe it when okay. he said that. Oh, wait. Either. Oh, you were, oh you're, you were like mocking me, actually, yeah. when I told you that yesterday? You know that, no, see, I was, see, I didn't want to say that loud. But, there's a uh, reason why they give it away bad. for free out front. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark, um, you bought a gift for someone while we were at the airport. What did you buy them? Seize Candy because I love uh, them. <laughs> I see. Seize Candy is owned by Weight Watchers. You know that. <laughs> that That's sense. how they keep their clientele rolling uh-huh. in. Rolling in. Whoa. <laughs> Um, uh, you guys are crazy. Seize Candy, in my opinion, is the best chocolate on the planet. Okay. I'm sorry. The best? Next to M&M's. The Swiss, best. Swiss chocolate. <laughs> Swiss, Swiss chocolate. No. Really guys, th- this reminds me, I have a gift for all of you, for one of our listeners. Oh. Oh. Do you? And I, and I bring it, it in a bag. It's not. It's because we're talking about food. It, it deals with food. Um, you ever meet someone and you think to yourself, why have we not been best friends since kindergarten? Mm. Well, that is Matt and Amy Holmes, and my daughter is dating. I just noticed that you you made a mustache <laughs> to my face <laughs> on, on the mug on Oscar's mug. I was waiting for someone. <laughs> Let me see. And he black he blacked out one of Easy's teeth. <laughs> 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 How you doing there? So why don't we, put out, we should put out a mug that like looks that. Really good. Not for free you. <laughs> Wait, what'd you do to Mark? Wait, that looks normal. Give me a give me a go-to. Oh, I'm a Fu Manchu. <laughs> Fu Manchu. See how easy it is for us to get... Uh, um, just get on with it, uh, Mark. Okay, we want yeah, our I'm gift. I'm excited here. So, um, give me my gift. So Matt and Amy Holmes, they listen to the podcast, and they have uh, just amazing kids. Absolutely love them. In fact... Get uh, on with it. Their daughter, Lauren, <laughs> is uh, dating a young man named Matthias, who... Uh, checks our water out front. He works for the Bellflower Water Company. Oh, funny. He always comes by. He listens to the podcast. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. D- dead serious. He no wants way. to come in and uh, check things awesome. out. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. But Matt and Amy... And your daughter's dating their son. You didn't say that. Yes. Uh, they made some fig jam. What? All of Dude, us. let's Bro, go. I love fig jam. Whoa. Give it to me. That's really good. Oh, made it you guys. Fun. This Lebanese is a real preserve. You know oh what? Gosh, I'm going to taste so it right excited. now That's on the podcast. What's it? I you don't like it. First. Easy. You're going to have to lie. This is we're going to no. do a program about lying. Ah, I can tell okay. it's good. Let's see here. You can use your finger? Yeah. He's going to be back in a few moments. Wow. This is good. They, this is homemade? That is homemade. Yeah, made so from, pumped. Uh, Thank you, guys. Wow. Parents' garden. Oh, so, thank you guys. This is really good. I love fig and I love jam. Mm. Put it together and it's fig jam. Fig hey. jam. Yeah. Um, you know what's really good? Teen. Teen. Yeah. Shh. Teen is how you say fig in Arabic. Here, I'll give you a hack. Take uh, sourdough bread, toast it, throw a cottage cheese on it, and then your fig jam. Okay, I'm not going to lie. That actually sounds pretty good. It's amazing. Mm, that is nice. Why do you guys eat weird things? I don't eat anything. Says the guy who eats the weirdest things in the world. Mm, raw liver. Arabs eat raw Changing rib, the subject, one of our chickens identified as a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening everywhere. It happens on Saturday morning. I thought he's got a sore throat. Oh, she's got a sore throat, but it was a proper cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> and uh, roosters are illegal in Bellflower, which meant we had to get out the chopping block. I'm not kidding. Wait, stop it. No, and then when I we checked the internet, we thought, yeah, that's a rooster. What do you and mean the chopping block? You killed the chicken? No, you have to kill chickens if you can't get rid of them. And I couldn't get rid of it, couldn't get rid of these roosters. Nobody wants a rooster. It's not a rooster. It's a chicken with a sore throat. No, it's a rooster. It's got it. We 
looked up all the signs, and they've got flamboyant clothing. They've got these long feathers. Oh, wait, you mean you bought a chick, and it no. turned out to be a chick? No, no, I didn't buy it. Diane and Jeff gave us five chickens and said, hope none of them are roosters. Three of the five were roosters. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Three of them. And I thought, because I, I said, Ken Ham, I'd love to donate roosters to your zoo. He said, we've got a big lizard that would eat them. And they sent a picture of the big lizard. And wait. I checked around, and nobody wants a rooster, because the silly things don't know when to stop crowing. Yeah. They so wait, you had three roosters? Three roosters. What did you do with them? I thought, I'm going to have to kill them. I did think... Did you kill them? No, hang on, I haven't finished the story. <laughs> I did feel tempted because of the president of Noah opening the window of his ark and letting birds out, of just driving the freeway with my windows down, and if the chickens or roosters got out, it wouldn't be my fault. Then I thought it could cause problems on the freeway, <laughs> and it wouldn't be good for the ministry if I was dragged through court. Anyway, we did a search and found this lady uh, in a, an adjacent city who saves condemned roosters. She's got 200 of them. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Her name was Deb. She was foul-mouthed when I talked to her on the phone, not play on words. And she said, (laughs) and I was talking to her, she she was, as I said, foul-mouthed. And I said, "Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. You like YouTube? She said, yeah. So she watched Crazy Bible, and I got a commentary on the whole movie via text while she was watching it. <laughs> Wait, was she, this after she got your rooster? No, she hadn't got him yet. I hadn't oh. made an appointment with her. <laughs> so she watched Crazy Bible and kept texting me how what was going on in it. And we made an appointment. We went there yesterday, Sue and I, with our three chickens and a box in the car. And it turned out her assistant watches our YouTube channel, and oh, she's got an evidence ah. Bible. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. And so I got to witness to her on camera with oh. all chickens or roosters in the background crowing through the whole thing. Are we going to have to bleep 90% and of the interview? No, no, it's fine. She didn't cuss at all. Oh. And uh, end up praying with her and gave her an evidence Bible. Wow. And it all ended up happy. That's amazing. But the whole, that, that, her sanctuary really is like the kingdom of God. Mm. Uh, does we she have are, neighbors? We, what's that? Does I haven't she? finished the analogy. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Now, the, the, her, her rooster sanctuary is like the kingdom of God. We were proud roosters crowing our own righteousness, condemned to the chopping block, but the Lord <laughs> took us under the shadow of his wings. Amen. Yeah. So, Wait, uh, what, 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 does she have neighbors? Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's in an area that's... <laughs> it's say 200 roosters it's, every it's morning. Area, it's gonna, she doesn't have an alarm clock either. <laughs> yeah. She has 200 of them. Yeah, uh, 200 yeah. alarm clocks. Uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Uh, to get to the other side. I just made that up. Because... <laughs> Anyway, um, I was able in the witnessing session to talk about one rooster was honored in Scripture where it had the job of awakening Peter to his father. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So roosters are good because they like our conscience. When they speak to us, we should listen to them and wake up and awaken to righteousness. So you abandoned your roosters, Ray? Oh, yeah. Well, it was either out of the chopping block. We we were happy to give them away because I thought one of you guys would have to kill them. Did you take them? Did you take them to her? In a box. Wow. Did they taste like chicken? (laughs) (laughs) They were really pretty birds, seriously. They're they're nicer looking than than the average But they were still yet small, right? No, no, were five months, which is like 19, 20 weeks. They should have crowed earlier than what they did. You didn't recognize them as roosters before this? You can't. Until they grow up. That's oh, why Jeff well, and thought, Diane yeah. said, we hope they're not roosters, but three of them out of the five. Right. Roosters. Cock-a-doodle-doo. All right, friends. Here's a comment from this. I love this, but have one question. How do you spell his name? E-Z... E-Z-Y-Z-Y-E-Z-Y-E-Z-E-L-O-L. It would be great if you could tell us how to spell it. Also, my name's Ethan. This podcast is awesome. I-T. Spell L-O-L. <laughs> e dot Z dot. In quotes. Don't forget. In, 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 in parentheses. In parentheses. <laughs> oh. And don't forget the dots because then it becomes as, as, which is what my uh, substitute teacher called me as? in junior high and I hated it. Yeah, as. as. Uh, uh, John, tell Tom, us. Bob, as. Don't tell us what you hate, Easy. <laughs> oh, you're uh, right. I shouldn't. Speaking of um, our listeners making us amazing jam and leaving comments, I was talking to somebody the other day, a faithful Christian working for a secular company that makes calendars and they got fired recently for taking a day off. <laughs> <laughs> you held it to the podcast. We usually yes, do those pre-podcasts. Taking a day off. That was good. These are good ones, Oscar. You got to tell me your source for these dad jokes. All right. You friends. said dead jokes? <laughs> dead jokes. All right, friends. This podcast is brought to you by Let Them Hear Moses. Do you guys like that new voice? 
That's very good. <laughs> Let them hear Moses looking to Moses to point people to Jesus. Um, this is going to be... <laughs> it sounds like one of the TBN to, to Jesus. <laughs> Ray Cumbert is here with us today. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is going to be fitting today, friends, especially because of the topic we're dealing with, which you'll hear about in a moment. Don't forget the Living Waters mug and the Evidence Study Bible all at livingwaters.com. All right. What does it really mean to take God's name in vain? I'm glad we're dealing with this, guys, because um, let me just say this at the outset. I have been perplexed and somewhat shocked and deeply grieved by how often I've heard professing Christians, and I, and I do have to say, some legitimate Christians use God's name in vain. Yeah, it's grievous. Uh, it happened recently, and, and in fact, it was the name of Jesus. Um, and th- this, was, this was not like a person who's disconnected from the church, like this person knows and loves the Lord. Why did Mark do it? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're having this podcast today, friends. How do you, uh, just because you're bringing it up, what do you do in that situation? Did you, how did you give yeah, you context um, and how you responded? Well, th- this was a context where it, it, I couldn't say anything at that moment, but it has happened. I mean, Ray and I, um, there was one time we were out to lunch with someone, again, a, a notable, respected Christian person who's in leadership, and, and they kept blaspheming the Lord's name, and we, we talked to them. You know, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what that dynamic is. What's behind that? Is it is it just they don't know? They don't realize? I'm I'm saying these people love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. They're preaching the gospel. They're living. They know Christ. They're born again. But uh, but but it happens. Um, we'll, we'll we'll visit that a little more as, as the program progresses. But Ray, blasphemy is serious and it's abundant. You often talk about how um, not. <laughs> not many other names are used in blasphemy. Not many. I can't think of any. No. You know, uh, uh, the name of Jesus is used in blasphemy, the name of Jesus Christ, when you want it to be even stronger. And if you want it to be even stronger, you throw a cuss word in between Jesus and Christ. Yeah. And it's just horrific. And they don't even think, what? why are you doing that? Yeah. Why don't, why don't you take the name of an evil person and use it as a cuss word, but you take the name that's been given above all names, the Bible says. Mm. God has honored Jesus with a name above all names, and you take it and use it in place of a cuss word. Do you know, Dennis Pragar is a very nice guy. I've been on his radio program a number of times. It was called Religion on the Line back in the early 1990s. Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager. Yeah. And a lot of Christians listen to what he says. He's not a Christian. He's Jewish. Mm. He doesn't quote Jesus when he talks about blasphemy. He doesn't quote Jesus when he talks about adultery. He speaks of adultery. And, and Christians take notice because he's so eloquent and such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, he says adultery is wrong because it's detrimental to society. That's not why it's wrong. It's wrong because it's wrong in God's eyes. It's to no. sin against God. No. David didn't say... Oh, have mercy upon me, O oh God, because I've done something that's detrimental to society. Mm-hmm. He says, I've yeah. sinned against you. And Nathan, when he said it, you've sinned, you've sinned against God. So, And it's the same with blasphemy. He says the greatest sin is to live in hypocrisy, and it won't be forgiven. And that's what the third commandment addresses. Mm. You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That doesn't mean to use God's name as a cuss word, and he does it. And he wow. makes light of it, mm, yeah. and he tells Christians it's not blasphemy to say, hit your thumb with a hammer and say the name of Jesus or God or whatever. Yeah. And Christians take notice of what he says. And he says that sin, living in hypocrisy, will not be forgiven. It says it in the third commandment. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Jesus forgave blasphemers. Hmm. Paul was a blasphemer. He was forgiven. And we're forgiven in Christ, but Dennis Prager doesn't mention that. But he's he had a lot of people quoting, Christians quoting Dennis Prager and saying, Ray, you've got it wrong. Using God's name in vain is not yeah. using his cuss word. It's living a life of hypocrisy and discrediting God's name. And they've got that, it seems, from Dennis Prager. Yeah, and uh, I want to explore that together and look at all facets of, of that. But Dennis Prager... Isn't he the one that, that was saying pornography isn't, isn't wrong? Was it him, Mark? It was, yeah. He was uh, being interviewed by somebody, and I, I think he was a, it was a Catholic guy that was talking to him. Uh, Pints of Aquinas, I think, was the, the guy that he was talking Thomas to. Thomas Aquinas? <laughs> the, the, the podcast. And I could be off on who he was actually talking yeah. to, but he, but he did say that. And the guy stood firm and just said, you are way off. Oh, good. It, terribly yeah, off. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Yeah. You know, on that note, guys, I want to get your thoughts on this. 
Do you guys sense like there's this emerging trend where Christians are just like almost fully accepting as though they were Christians in terms of the way they quote them and follow them, those that are friendly toward Christianity, though they're Absolutely. not believers, like like Dennis Prager, like uh, maybe Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Uh, yeah, Jordan Peterson. Uh, his name escapes our, our other Jewish friend. Uh, with the the Daily Wire guys. <laughs> Daily Wire guys. What's ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro, of Shapiro, course. Yeah. Do you guys see that happening? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's it's because they're eloquent. It's disturbing. Yeah. Patriotism I mean, and nationalism has replaced Christianity in the Bible, and we're listening to commentary that is uh, unscriptural mm-hmm. because we're fed up with what's happening inside of our country. Yeah, yeah. And again, obviously, there's nothing wrong with listening to news sources and you know and and appreciating things you can glean, but it's drifted into almost like oh, they know God, right. you know, like oh, they're they must be. And believers. each of those guys is really likable. Very. I, yeah, I like the way Mark just said it, though. Um, I think that it's really, and I know this isn't exactly the topic of the podcast, but just to reiterate what he just said, I think oftentimes we don't understand, we cannot distinguish the difference between our patriotism, our nationalism, our positions on politics. We don't know the difference between that and our faith. Right. And certainly they overlap to a degree, but if you can't distinguish the difference, that's a problem. And I think a lot of people who quote those guys, who fervently follow those guys, often fall into that category. Yeah. And, and friends, I just want to encourage you to be careful. Again, understand me clearly. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with li- listening to those guys. They have a lot of positive stuff to contribute, but be careful that, that you don't take what they say like scripture. Yeah, well said positive things, Oprah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, seriously. It's Psalm 1, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen, especially when it comes to something like that. So, All right, friends, so back Exodus... To... Sorry, go ahead. Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And so what, what I wanted to do, I'll, I'll let you chime in, Oscar, but you know, unless you're going in that direction, uh, but you could say what you're going to say, and then we can go into this. But I want to talk about, first of all, the name of God. What does that mean? Mm. What does that represent? What are we talking about? Okay, the name of God, what's the big deal? It's a big deal, and, and we'll get into that, but Oscar. We love to give things away. We love to give things away, and that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Let me jump on that real quick in the sense that God's one, I think we look to the Old Testament and we look to Jewish tradition to be able to understand the way they viewed God's name. And uh, there should be something to be said about the fact that they wouldn't even speak God's name in public because of the great honor that it held. Uh, yeah. They wouldn't write the fullness of the name of God. They would use initials. And so there was something honoring, glorifying good about that name. And I think in our day, we lose a sense of that. Our first names, you know, get thrown away this and that and the other, and we don't really think much of them. Our last names sometimes hold a kind of honor. Certainly in antiquity, the last name held great honor. If somebody blasphemed your last name, you would stand up for it. Uh, I actually think that we do get a sense of blasphemy because it's kind of funny. You know, people, uh, if you blaspheme the name of their favorite politician, you blaspheme the name of their favorite celebrity. When you say blaspheme, you mean speak speak ill of. Speak ill of, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will come to their defense very quickly. You cannot question the name of people that they would honor very well. And yet often when people blaspheme the name of Jesus, using it as a cuss word, they they think it's much ado about nothing. And yeah. that's actually one of the points that I wanted to make is that the few times that I've, I, I've heard somebody do that and I, and I will remind them 
of God's word on this subject, often the first response is something to the effect of, oh, when I say, like, I'm not really meaning anything by it. And I point them to the reality of what the scripture says, to blaspheme, to take the Lord's name in vain. Vain is empty, fervorless, insincere, pointless. In other words, when you say, no, it doesn't mean anything, that's the point. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything when it comes out of your mouth. It should mean something when you speak the Lord's name. You know, I was looking up uh, the different Mm. meticulous writing procedures that scribes would go through before they would uh, write or copy uh, different uh, texts. And I found this a couple of them to be interesting. Before writing the name of God, a scribe must reverently wipe his pen and say, I am writing the name of God for the holiness Mm. of his name. Wow. And then some scribes, after they would write the name and to your, they would leave out, uh, you know, the, the vowels. We don't know exactly, right, what it, what it would be. But after they were done writing what they would perceive to be the name of God, they would then go and cleanse themselves and then come back and continue to write. Wow. That was a 40-day cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> Took a long time. Can be. Yeah, and and again, it's, it speaks to the fact that God's name yes. is, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I... I, I I have this deep sense of of just awe right now, and, and a bit of terror as I as I talk about the, the name of God Almighty. You think of the things that we're in awe of as human beings. You know, we peer into what appears to us to be endless space. You know, we try to wrap our our heads around it. We talk about the billions of galaxies, the billions of stars in each galaxy, and we just we're, we're breathless at that. Amen. And then you think of the God. Who, who spoke all of that into existence, whom heaven and the heaven of heavens can't contain, who spans a universe with his hand. Mm. And you get guys like Dennis Prager and others just so ignorant to say, oh yeah, it doesn't matter, you could do it, that's not what it, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell me that, oh yeah, don't live this way, which of course it involves how you live and we'll get into that. But you, you mean to tell me that God doesn't care when you take his holy name, the, the, the ineffable, splendid, like majestic God of the universe, and just throw it around like it means nothing in the midst of, of profanity? It's just, it's insanity to me. Yeah, movies were not like this. You know, way, way back in the, in the time, what is it, the... the uh... Hey, movie uh-huh. where he ran out at half time and or during the movie and oh, said that blaspheme. Time changer. Time changer. They blaspheme the name of the Lord. Stop this. Yes, oh, the guy yeah. was taken from what? The 1930s and brought up. No, till, from the 1800s. From the 1800s, yeah. 1700s. Brought 1600s, up. 1600s. 1400s. 1300s. Sold to the man in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and he found himself in a movie theater enjoying a story and suddenly the name of God was blasphemed and he ran out of the theater into the lobby screaming they blaspheme the name of God. And it was very moving. Yeah, it was like I mean, that's in a movie. Yeah, it's called Time Changer. Yeah, it's a Christian. It's a Christian movie. movie. Oh, that makes sense. And and really, what the point that was being made was, you know, this this would have been shocking in yes. those days. Like, it's kind of like someone just murdered this person. I mean, that's like the degree that it was at. Like, do something about it. And it's almost, in a small degree, we get that feeling when someone blasphemes the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's just like a horror beyond words. What are you doing? Right. And look, God showed the severity of this at Leviticus yeah. twenty four sixteen, And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the strangers as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. I mean, this was not some light thing. Yeah. And, and so... Blasphemy well, is mentioned 55 times in the New Testament. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously a big issue. Yeah, for sure. Mark, let's talk about the name of God. Like when we say the name of God, what does that represent? I think dealing anything with God, the character of God, anything that represents God in any way, shape, or form. Uh, this is what Legan Duncan said in, in essence to what you're asking here. He said, to take up God's name in vain, means any frivolous or insincere or thoughtless or unsubstantial use of his name. It might mean irreverent humor, which mocks God in speech mm-hmm. or mocks others with his name. It might be blasphemy or cursing or a broken oath, but it means more than that. 
Hmm. It could mean professing faith in Christ and claiming to be a Christian and receiving baptism and yet walking in worldliness. So we know from this, really, that blasphemy is so much more than just using God's name. I mean, even a, a mute could use God's name in vain through actions, through inordinate uh, affection or ideas and thoughts about God himself. It's hmm. attributing anything other than absolute perfect holiness to the Holy One. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is because we bear names, we bear God's name, mm-hmm. right? As Christians, we are his people. We represent him to the world. And so, of course, and, and, and again, it's important to understand that, yes, it's two sided. There is that. We're going to talk about it, but make no mistake about it. Using the name of the Lord flippantly, using the name of the Lord like it's a common word that means nothing is blasphemy. It's the violation of God's commandment. You have to understand that. And, oh, I didn't use, I didn't say, you know, God's name. I didn't say Yahweh or Jehovah. I just said God. And so what's, okay, which God? Well, any God. Okay, so you're you're summoning the names of false deities? Like, what's what do you mean, you know? So often I hear people say, God is not his name, so it's not blasphemy. You're wrong, right? And just continually. Huh. But if I, if I speak ill of the governor of our state without mentioning his name, I'm speaking ill of the governor right. without mentioning his name, yeah. because governor and Newsom are synonymous. Yeah. And my question is, why, why would you even want to do that? Why? Like, yeah. Is it that hard to say I'm not? I'm not even going there. Let's say you assume you're deaf. You know, you're, 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 you think you're really right. Well, if there's even the slightest chance you're wrong, like just from that perspective, that's not why you shouldn't do it. But just think about it. Yeah, you know, or even and, people that use euphemisms, right? With yeah, O M G O S. Yes, G's. G's is a euphemism right. for yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's from the 1800s. Yeah, and friends, look. It, some people may take this as come on, you're going overboard, you're extreme, whatever. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Whatever we we want to go the extra mile to guard ourselves from dishonoring our Lord in any way, shape, or form. As far as it relates to the way that we live, th- this is powerful. Proverbs thirty-seven through nine says, two things I request of you: deprive me not before I die; remove falsehood and lies far from me; give me neither poverty nor riches; feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Wow. So that's where blasphemy too would relate to the way that we live. And Oscar, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we're going there as well. Because honestly, I mean, it's so easy for me to, to look to other people and be like, oh, that guy's using the Lord's name in vain. He needs to repent. But I think that the scriptures, as usual, go to a point where I then need to turn to myself and recognize the areas of which I need to repent. Mm. And you know, you, you bring up uh, a great verse. I'm thinking of number, Numbers uh, chapter six in mm. which uh, it's a benediction. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then it says, and it's talking to the priests here. So shall they, the priests, put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Hmm. The name of the Lord is then put upon God's people. And in Hmm. Romans 6, it says, don't you know the meaning of your baptism? Don't you know that the name of Christ was placed on you? Wow. And so I think about that, like, let me just turn, let me, let me turn the law upon myself for a minute here. And I think about like all the times I go to work and I don't think of the name of the Lord. I think about all the times I have conversations about politics and I get caught up in the anxious age and I don't think about the name of the Lord. I think about all the times I come to a disagreement and I'm not considering that the name of the Lord is placed upon me. I need to come to a place of repentance as well. We need to come to a place of repentance because our actions can blaspheme the name of the Lord uh, along with our words. That's a yes and. Yeah. So Paul in Romans chapter two speaks to the Jews. He said, because of your hypocrisy, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. No. And so by living in hypocrisy, we can cause, you know, that guy calls himself a Christian and he does this and that. Hmm. And then they, they blaspheme God's name right. and count it as worthless because it's not worth living for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, I wonder if, if there was a distinctly uh, noticeable mark upon us where everybody knew that we were a Christian. 
you know, like we, <laughs> there was some kind of mark on our like forehead. Like 777 on the forehead. <laughs> yeah, that race first tattoo is coming. This is the true confession. This is the reason why I don't put Christian bumper stickers in the back of my car. <laughs> right. No, we're talking about the forehead, not the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I mean, because I was thinking about it in this, in this uh, vein. If a police officer was off duty but still wearing his uniform you can be sure that he's going to behave differently in public than he would if he, than he would if he wasn't wearing that uniform yeah. you know or whatever you know if you can relate it a military officer or whatever they're they're representing something greater than mm-hmm. themselves it would affect their behavior mm-hmm. i think for us as christians oftentimes because there isn't a distinguishing mark on us it it's it's easy for us to Forget we represent the name of God. Mm-hmm. I think the distinct- and to be in situations where where we're not like thinking like you're talking about Oscar saying like I forget you know I mm-hmm. forget I, I I bear God's name and we need to think about that whether people see us or not we're to be we're the light of the world right you know? I think that through our actions and our decisions we do we should bear the name of the Lord yeah. you know I think about. Um, I used to work with a guy who was a professional bodybuilder. He's won a handful of awards. And so when he wasn't weightlifting, he was in the financial industry. And it was so interesting to me because everywhere we went, you know, we were taking a break together. We'd be walking around the hall, hallways in the office. And everywhere we went, everybody wanted to talk to him about fitness, mm-hmm. about what he was eating, about their diet, about the last time they worked out, about how much they should be doing this. And the other, there was something about this man's disposition that people knew what he was all about. Do you have a great physique? Or? Oh, he was a yeah. monster. Yeah. I get, I get, similar, yeah. I get he, similar things. <laughs> sure, yeah, I bet you do. What do you eat? Monster. Uh, yeah, a monster. <laughs> and so in that same way, our life, our lives, our character, our disposition, the way we speak, the way we treat yeah. others, people should know there's something different about us and they can't help but wonder, but ask, but see the name of the Lord upon your life. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about this before where one of the most common mantras you'll hear unbelievers say is something to the effect of, oh, I know what you Christians are like. Mm. You know, or Christians are the are the worst this or the worst that. You know, oh, this guy has a fish on his, you know, logo for his company or whatever. But I see what he does and how he acts. I mean, look, I, I think of what it says in in Ezekiel thirty six twenty two. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord: I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. Mm. Whew. He's telling his people, you've profaned my holy name. How could they profane his holy name? They're his people. They bear his name. And as they went among the pagans, they were acting like them and dishonoring God, yeah. you know? Look, Mark and I were, were kind of talking about this because we, we just returned from, from a trip abroad. We were in Puerto Rico at, speaking at a conference there, and it was just wonderful. Yeah. For, for those Puerto Rican brothers and sisters listening, we love you all and we're just touched by your love for the Lord and, and how many people there love the ministry. You got over 800 people showed up. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Mm. It was in the largest church in the south of Puerto Rico, and they were so just welcoming, hospitable, and, and have a passion for the lost. But Mark and I, we're, we're traveling, we're in the airport. We were treated very poorly by one of the ladies at the desk there at the airlines. No. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> And, and, you know, I don't do well. What was her name? <laughs> Jezebel, I think. I don't do well in those situations. I mean, one of my biggest struggles in life is rude people. Whatever. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and this lady was very rude. And I mean, honestly, it was ridiculous. I'm not going to get into the circumstances, but Mark and I held our peace. We gave, you know, left them with a tract and stuff and. And when we walked away and we're talking about this, I'm thinking, man, you know, I can get upset in the moment. I could say something rude. I could, and again, that's my past, right? I have a sharp tongue and, and I don't do well with- Give us with, a look. With, with people. <laughs> this poor guy can't get through his story. <laughs> um, but man, we have to think we represent the name of the Lord. Mm. And I, I, it, was a, it was an itch, right? And the temptation is to scratch that itch by, by saying something cutting and harsh and whatever. But okay, so I do that. And what, what happens? Mm. 
I walk away with this person not getting the gospel. Forget whether they know I'm a Christian or not. This means I obviously I, I I shouldn't give them a tract after that point, right? I mean, how terrible. But okay, so I withhold the gospel from someone. Mm-hmm. What if what if uh, she looks me up? That's good. And and recognizes that that I, I I'm in ministry. I'm a Christian or whatever. To dishonor the name of the Lord for for my my you know frustrations we have to be careful but think of the testimony she obviously knew she was being rude and you were kind back to her yeah and that might cut it to the heart you just don't know yeah and, and that's the hope you know I, I remember one time being treated horribly uh, at a fast food place and i they gave, wouldn't put ketchup on <laughs> they put onions in my food <laughs> and I, I gave, I gave the, I think it was a, was it a subway or something anywhere, but. That was your first mistake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I gave them like a 20, I just said, hey, this is for you. It was 20 bucks. And I, they just stood there like, huh? Because they knew they were being, it wasn't like one of those, uh, they, they were intentionally being rude, you know? And so we have to think about that because we represent in the name of the Lord. Have you, let's, let's explore this a little bit. I yeah. mean, when we talk about not honoring God, is it possible, and I'm throwing this question out there because I don't have it figured out, yeah. right? Is it possible to blaspheme God by not sharing the gospel mm. with people? And what I mean by that is this, that we are given an opportunity to share the gospel. We don't share the gospel with them. And in essence, through our actions, we're saying, God, I'm okay with you damning that person to hell. God, condemn them. Mm. I can't even put the word damn in the midst of that, right? God, condemn them to hell. I'm okay with it. Just just a weird word picture association with that when we don't share the gospel Mm. through knowing what we need to do. Whether handing the track or engaging inside of a word, boy, what a a weird twist. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is that... Overstretching, overthinking. Well, you know what I think, Mark. It's a, it's a good thing to, to explore and to think on. Uh, I don't know if I have a a fully clear answer. I could just say that it's tragic, no question. You know, and I think about that. You know, when I'm I'm about to leave a person that I'd spent a good amount of time with that I didn't know, or on, in whatever situation, to leave that and to think I'm a representative of God. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I know the way of salvation. This person is on their way to hell. Mm. How could I not? Is there anything more something? selfish? It really, it is. And and um, may God quicken us. We're going to go to the Pendulette quote in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, what is that, Ray? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share it. You know, Pendulette. For those of you that don't know, is a world-renowned atheist and he's the guy magician. that makes the shaving cream. <laughs> Gillette. <laughs> uh, and he did a video one day that was really famous where he talked about how this man came up to him after one of his performances, again, he's a magician, and gave him a Bible. And he went on about this guy's demeanor and his kindness and his sincerity. And then he said, look, and, and Pendulette's an atheist, a renowned atheist. He, he would tear Bibles up. He would blaspheme God to no end, would mock Christians. Yeah, bad. And he talked about how much he admired this man. And then he said, I don't respect anyone who believes in heaven and in hell that these are real, that someone can go to hell or avoid heaven and not tell people how they can be saved. He said, I have no respect for that for people who don't proselytize or who who don't evangelize. And he said, how much do you have to hate someone? He said, if there's a truck coming on someone, it's, it's bearing down, it's about to hit them and you see them there, there comes a point where you tackle that person. That's, and he said these words, that's how important it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An atheist saying he has no respect for Christians who claim to believe what they believe and don't share the and gospel. And then we discovered that the Bible he was given was an evidence Bible, <laughs> and the whole story is in uh, a movie called The Fool. Yeah, by someone who follows our ministry. And yes. then Ray got to tell Pendulette that story on the streets of D.C., and he said, Pen, I'm tackling you now. Pen goes, huh? And Ray reminded him of what he shared about the vehicle coming, and he goes, okay. And then he takes off across the street. We hear the screeching of tires. I was there, eyewitness. We look up, we see Pen and his friend, penned against a bus uh, that was in front of them and they had nowhere to go because the car was coming. And he later said on that program, remember, that the, the car hit his friend's pant leg. Mm. That's how close it was. Right after Ray wow. reiterated that illustration That's for him. That's quite amazing. Yeah. The so, patience of God. 
Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We're talking about blasphemy, and uh, I read a quote by Spurgeon. Uh, and I had to read it twice to figure out what he was saying. But typical Spurgeon, but he said, you guys will hear it once and know what he said. He said, the ungodly are not half so restrained in their blasphemy as we are in our praise. Whoa. Wow. Isn't that powerful? And you, you listen to wow. you listen to this. Can you say it again? The ungodly are not half so restrained in their blasphemy as we are in our praise. Wow. <laughs> and it, it's so true because you, uh, so many people I've talked to, do you ever use God's name? I mean, oh, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. It's like they've got a zeal to blaspheme God's name. And, you know, the scriptures say that we're enemies of God in our mind through wicked works. What greater evidence that we're enemies of God than that we use his holy name as a cuss word when he gave us life? Yeah. It's a horror beyond words. Mark, it's interesting to me that there's there's not a pause. Like, why is it the unbeliever doesn't stop and say, why do I do that with Jesus' name? Yeah, boy, because they are in darkness, it just it flows from their mouth like honey. It is who they are. I follow an Instagram account that I really, really like. Uh, it's by a woman named Esty Gomez. No. And biblical and reformed, if you were to look it up on Instagram. But she tells the story how she went to get her eyebrows uh, done. Mm. And she had said something to the woman who was doing her eyebrows, and the woman responded with, Jesus, mm. like that. And Hasty responded back with, is Lord. <laughs> the lady doing her eyebrows stopped. She started laughing while nodding. And she said, yes, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, yes. And then Hasty tells the crowd, she said, uh, bring up his name in my presence and I'll declare that he is Lord. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, Actually, yeah. that's a good idea. You have to be quick-minded. Whenever you hear that. someone blasting, just say, is Lord. So <laughs> let's good. sing it together. I, had, uh, <laughs> I was playing basketball and uh, a guy on my team, he's a Christian and he is a faithful Christian, but he is a new believer. I thought I heard him say Jesus after he missed a shot, but I wasn't entirely sure. And then sure enough, he missed another shot and I heard him say, Jesus. And uh, as we were running down the court, I like bumped him and I was like, hey man, it's not his fault. <laughs> like it's not his fault you missed that shot. Uh -oh. And later on after the game, you know, we had a chat and he was like, oh man, you're, you're right. It's um, amazing how powerful it really well. the conscience is when you bring up the morality of using God's name as a cuss word. Almost everybody goes, yeah, I know it's wrong. Yeah. There's that yeah. intuitive understanding that this is wrong. Right. Yeah. But they don't realize the consequence. Yeah. And, the, and people are going to give account for every idle word spoken. I mean, yeah, that's not going to go. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thought that scripture tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a reality. And, and, and again, Philippians 2, 9 to 11, which talks about Jesus' name being above every name. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Mm. The glory of God the when Mark was talking about the young lady or the lady he was quoting, he said, I really, really like, and you missed it. What? I really, really like this TV it. show. I really <laughs> like <laughs> our buddy Alan from Paris. Let me kind of, I think Acts 3 gives us a good, uh, a good indication of mm -hmm. where the gospel is in the midst of the Lord's name and taking it in vain. And before I go there, let me also kind of reflect back to my early days as a Christian there was this band singer was an atheist and I used to really enjoy them gone to their shows as an atheist. I'd go to their shows and who were you they? Know, uh, oh, I don't want to name the name. Okay. I don't think it's necessary, but I was a big fan of these guys. When I first became a Christian, I would still listen to their music, knowing how he would blaspheme the name of the Lord beyond that. I mean, the words were just so blatantly anti-Christian, mm. anti-Jesus. And in my mind at that time, I was trying to rationalize and I was wrong. I was trying to rationalize in my mind. I was like, well, you know, I'm listening because uh, the, the, the drummer and his time signature changes are so good. There's so much talent here. I'm listening for that and not for the lyrics. And one day I'm in my car as a new believer, I think I'm headed to church and I've got, this is CDs back in the day for those who don't know what it is, Google it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, so I'm listening to the CD and, it, and I kind of, this like aha moment came upon me. And the aha moment was like, I love my mom and I love my grandma. And if anybody out there ever wrote a song like belittling my mother or belittling my grandma, there was no way I'd put it on and be like, oh, but man, they're really talented. Right. It would be so offensive to me. And I hit the eject button and like have never put that CD oh, back wonderful. in, never listened to it again. Well, that, yeah. Oh, sorry. And just to circle back to the gospel in Acts 3, there's this moment where Peter and John meet this crippled beggar outside the temple. And Peter says to him, 
Acts 3, verse 6, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Mm. rise up and walk. And after that moment, after that healing, the crowds get furious. They're angry at this healing. And Peter says to them, why do you stare at us as though our own power, piety, we have made him walk by faith in the name of Jesus, this man was made strong. Later on in in verse 12, he says, there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It is in the name of Jesus that we are forgiven Mm. of our blasphemous ways. And it is in the name of Jesus that we can repent from our blasphemous ways for his glory. Amen. Yeah, and we cannot forget the way that Christ taught us to pray. Matthew 6, 9, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. God's name is holy. And, and friends, I'd encourage you to do a study on all the different names that God used to, to refer to himself. I mean, they're amazing names, you know, all throughout the word. We don't have time to get into them here, but now time is up. I had them listed, but but just beautiful names that describe God's nature and God's character. You know, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Elohim, the creator, Emmanuel, you know, Jesus name, God mm-hmm. with us. On and on, all the, you know, the Jehovah. I don't Nisi. remember where on and on is. You've is never that, heard that one? Yeah, oh that. yeah, from the land of on. Easy's uh, <laughs> always going on and on. <laughs> Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, the, uh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, and on and on. Study the names of God, study the character and the nature of your God, and don't ever use his name in vain, verbally or through your life. Uh, he's worthy of, of the honor that he deserves. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, uh, we are done. You raising your hand, Ray? Yes. Uh, Wayne's wonderful daughter, who interviewed me yesterday for a podcast, said that she just gets so disappointed when you go serious at the end and don't go silly. <laughs> she looks forward to you. I being, know. Sometimes it's just not appropriate. Right. We said that. Yeah. But friends, don't forget, That's let it. them hear Moses. Is looking to Moses to point people to Jesus. Don't forget the Living Waters Mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all livingwaters.com. And please don't forget to podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and your comments and your discrimination against Raymark and Oscar. <laughs> and uh, remember, friends, the ratings and all that good stuff still at five stars uh, with millions of downloads because of you. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. We should get some real snoring. (laughs) We should. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.